Thank you very much. And, Amen. Thank you. So I'm going to bring Elka. Can you bring your hand out for Mrs. Steinberg? Elka's going to bring it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Elka. Okay. Now, Revison sends her best. Everybody, she couldn't make it here this morning, but she says hi. Okay, so we're going to start our new semester, and uh, the Shear is dedicated, uh, sponsored by Shandy Kelman of Shandy Cosmetics, and it's a memory of her mother, Freda Bas Yitzchak Dov, and and we're starting off uh, with the Midrash of Parshas Yisro, Midrash Rabbah, and of course this week is Kabbalah's HaTorah. So there's, even though the Midrash here, I've, I photocopied a front and a back for you, there's two parts to the Midrash that we're going to uh, pay specific attention to, not the whole thing. So where it says letter Aleph, if you go down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines, it says, Omar Rebbe Berechiah. It's often pronounced Berechiah, but the, I guess the cor- correct uh, Nukudos is Berechiah. So Omar Rebbe Berechiah, uh, six lines down uh, in the Midrash itself from the letter Aleph. You see it there? It's right here. Six lines into it. Got it? Seventh line? Okay. Amar Rebbe Barachia. Hi, we're seven lines down from the top. So he says, you got it there? No, this is the wrong Well, oh, you know what? That's probably... Right, so you uh, take another one that's a front and a back. This is a back. Sorry. This is the back of the Okay, sorry about that. Most of them, I think, are front and back, but not all of them. Okay, one more time. Omar Rabbi Barachia, Rabbi Barachia says, Haluchos hayu orkan shisha tefachim. The luchos were six tefachim long. That's six handbreadths. It's approximately 21 inches, approximately. Yes. Kivayacho, so so to speak, if we could say such a thing. There were in the hands of the one who spoke the world into creation two tefachim. So of the six, Hashem was holding on to two. Uviyado Shomoshe Shnei Tefachim. On the other end, Moshe Rabbeinu was holding on to two tefachim. Ushnei tefachim hayu mafrishin bein yad liyad. And there were two tefachim in the middle. So let's say, for example, there's a rectangular sheet of paper here. So I'll be Moshe Rabbeinu, to be zocha to such things. Hashem is right here, we can't see him. Okay. <laughs> And so I've got two, Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem has two, and right in the middle there are two empty tefachim. So they're all holding it together, and you have this empty space in the middle that no one is directly holding on to. Okay, so that's the Midrash that I wanted to see. We're going to elaborate on it a little bit shortly. 
But before we do that, if you now uh, skip over to the next page, go on to the next page, and we'll go to one, two, three, four lines down. Four lines down at the end of the line. At that moment when Moshe Rabbeinu went up there to Shemayim to be Mechabal the Torah, Bikshu Maloche Hashores Lifgoab Moshe. The angels on high wanted to harm him. They didn't want the Torah coming down here to our world. They thought that our world is not worthy enough to receive the glorious Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu is going up there, and so to speak, who's this foreigner amongst, amongst us? The, the Gemara in Shabbos says that the Malachim say to Hashem, Ma liyelud isha beinenu. What is this mortal being doing up here amongst us? And you shouldn't give him the Torah because its glory belongs in heaven. So here the, the Midrash is much shorter and more concise, and it says that they wanted to harm him. So what did Hashem do? So Hashem made Moshe Rabbeinu's face look like Avraham Avinu's face. And then Hashem said to the Malachim, Aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you ashamed of this man, Avraham Avinu? Isn't this the same person that you went down to him and you ate food at his house? So aren't you ashamed to be trying to harm him? So here we have the scene in Shemai. Moshe Rabbeinu turns into Avraham Avinu. The Malachim are saying, don't give the Torah. Hashem says, look at him, Avraham. We thought it was Moshe. Look at Avraham. Didn't you eat food at at his house, at his tent, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you ashamed? Amar HaKadosh Baruch Moshe. Then Hashem says to Moshe, Lo Abraham. The Torah is only given to you in the merit of Abraham. Shenemar, as it says, and they darshan this pasuk, Lokachta matanos ba'adam. You have taken gifts ba'adam, with man, on account of man, and who's the Adam? Ve'en Adam ha'omer kan ela Avram. That refers to Avraham Avinu. He's called Adam. Shenamar ha'Adam ha'Gadol ba'Anakim. In Yehoshua, it refers to Avraham Avinu as the great man amongst all the giants. So he's called ha'Adam, Avraham Avinu. And Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, "Lokachta matanos ba'Adam. You have taken this gift of the Torah on account of this Adam, Avraham Avinu." As it says, Moshe went up to Elohim. Right, so those, those are the two parts of the Midrash that we're going to focus on this morning. So again, the first part, Hashem has two Tfachim in his hands, Moshe has two in his hands, and there's two Tfachim in the middle. That's part one. Part two, the, the angels, the Malachim, are trying to say, don't give him the Torah, they want to harm Moshe. Hashem makes him look like Avraham Avinu, how can you do that? You wait at his house. And that's the second part of the Midrash. Now let's elaborate on this a little bit. And this is mostly going to be 
the first part from something that my Rebbe Zatzal Rabbi Tversky once said. I'm going to say it out. I didn't get a chance to photocopy this page from his Sefer, but I'm going to say it out to you. Now, he takes this Rabbi Tversky, Zichon Olivracha, from a different source in Chazal, which is very similar, and it's in the Midrash Tanchuma. And it says as follows. It's not on your paper. I'll read it outside. It says, Moshe lo yada ki koran or panav. Moshe Ravenu didn't know that Hashem made the skin of his face radiant. Minayin zocha Moshe lakarnehod. So the Midrash asks, from where was Moshe Rabbeinu Zoha to this radiant countenance? And there are two opinions. One is from the Mo'ora, the cave that Hashem put Moshe Rabbeinu in when he passed by, and he said, Ba'avor kavodi, when my glory passes by, I'll put you in this cave. Then Hashem says, Hashem, Hashem, kel rachum b'chanun. You're learning Tomer Devorah, right? So... When Hashem's glory passed by Moshe Rabbeinu and he's in the cave, that's when his face turned radiant. That's the first opinion. The second one, which we're going to focus on, is Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman. And he says as follows. Listen to the similarity between our Midrash and this Midrash. The Luchos were six tefachim. Moshe Rabbeinu was holding two. Hashem was holding two. And there were two empty in the middle. And it's from there that Moshe Rabbeinu got the radiance on his face. So from those two tefachim in the middle that no one was holding, that's where the Karnei Hod came to Moshe Rabbeinu. So what does this mean? And this is what Rabbi Tversky Zatzal said. He says, Yesh HaTorah, there is a portion of Torah, a dimension of Torah, which is completely beyond us. It's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond the comprehension of any human being, including Moshe Rabbeinu. Those are the two tefachim that are in God's hands. That facet of Torah that no one will ever understand because only Hashem knows it. Then you also have a, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a chalik of Torah that we can understand. Our intelligence is capable of understanding it. We learn a halacha, we learn a, a pasuk, we learn about Shabbos, and yad, we understand it. Those are the two tefachim that are in the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu. So it works well in English too. We can grasp that. It was in his hands, he was grasping it. We can grasp it too. But the two that were being grasped by Hashem, that we cannot grasp. Now, what about the two in the middle? And this is what Rabbi Tversky says. And it's a concept that he said in different contexts uh, over the years. He says, every generation has their own chalik of Torah, the way Torah has to be revealed and applied to that generation. That is the facet of Torah which has not yet been revealed, but it will be. So it's not in Hashem's hands, meaning we can comprehend it. It's not in our hands yet, because it has yet to be uncovered. It needs to be uncovered by every single generation. And who does that? Hamavakshimoso, the people who really desire it. The people who really want the Torah and its relevancy in their life, in their time, in their generation, 
they take those two tfachim in the middle and reveal them to the current generation. As the Chachamim say, Makom Every generation has something to accomplish. And therefore, to try and grasp that. And he continues to say, the Torah is eternal. And inside of the Torah is guidance for each and every generation, for the unique challenges of every generation, for the unique spiritual struggles of every generation and deficiencies of every generation and the Torah is the refuah the Torah is the remedy for every generation it's never outdated so all of our spiritual crises that accompany each generation they are addressed by the middle tutfachim which we have to extract the lesson from them into our life this represent this is represented by the two tfachim that are between Moshe and Hashem. Each generation has to reveal that and uncover the Torah of their door. That's where the true light of Torah comes from. So going back to what he said originally, what the Midrash said originally, the Midrash Tanchuma, that where did the Kirun or Pana, the Shomosha, come from? From the Tut Fachim in the middle? That would be the Torah that applied in his generation. And that keeps going. In every generation, it's the same paradigm that our hands are on the Torah, Hashem's hands are on the Torah, and that part in the middle that generation has to bring forth to them, and that's what creates the light. That really is what we're illuminated by, by making Torah part of our lives. That's what makes our life bright and holy with Torah. So going back to our Midrash, Tut Fachim in Hashem's, Tut Fachim in Moshe, two in the middle, and then Rabbi Tversky's illumination of the Midrash based on a similar Midrash Tanchuma as well. Okay, any questions or comments? On that. Yes, please, Marlene. Not a question. Please. I just feel like I want to pause for a moment and appreciate yes. that you just gave us this Right. Thank you. Right. I will, I will reflect the thanks back to my Rebbe's my saw. And Marlene, I want you to know, I felt the same way when I, I remember first hearing this Devar Torah and this insight. It was, it was a very, it was a paradigm shift for me in, in the relationship uh, to Torah. It was so poignant. It's, it's really a gem of a thought. Thank you. Yes, please, Mira. I meant to. Not today, but maybe at this point. I can bring it next week. So, so. Yeah. I yeah. can take it and maybe get it copied. And no, I want you to miss shares. All right. Oh, no, I didn't mean now. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. You can do that too. All right, whatever you want. Anyway, I'm happy to photocopy it and we can bring it next week or Sarah can copy it afterwards. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Dory, please. Mr. Rabbi Tversky, 
he, he gave one example in this kind of theme, and the example that he used to give was the Baal Shem Tov, So he said that the Baal Shem saw that something was missing in his generation, something very important. And he said the, the role of a great, great person, a great, great person, is to restore balance in Klal Yisrael. So he said many people did that, like the Rambam, the Baal Shem Tov. So the way he did it, as Rabbi Tversky described, is he saw that there was something lacking in the area of tefillah. So therefore, he re-emphasized tefillah and it became a very strong part of Chasidus. Now that doesn't mean that he invented tefillah, right? That's from the very beginning. It's part of Yiddishkeit, part of Torah, but it means he saw that something was weak and his place, therefore, was to strengthen that in his door. It needed to be brought up. Now then he said, this was also very striking to me, he said, therefore, if we truly want to try and emulate the ways of the Baal Shem Tov, it's not sufficient to emphasize tefillah, because that was 250 years ago. So he said, what is it now? And he said, it's relationships between people. So that's where we need a lot of help, relationships between fellow Jews. And that was about 40 years ago that Rabbi Tversky said that. And I remember saying that, he says, if we, if we want to be true and authentic to the way of the Baal Hashem, we have to see what is our generation lacking. And he says, it, it occurred to him, it appears to him, it was relationships between one Jew and another. That, that needs to be strengthened. So maybe that's a good, maybe that is a good hadracha for us to follow. Those are two examples. Elke, you had a hand up before? Yes. Please. Please. Nismale Habayas Or, that the house was filled with light. That was his presence, or was Hashro'as Hashchina, the way the Chachamim understand it. So you don't see yet that he himself had that glow. That happens later in the Torah. But there was a presence of Hashro'as Hashchina, which was there based on him being there. Yeah, please. <laughs> No, same tachlis, who, who, whichever malachim they are, which we'll see shortly. Uh, whatever their koach is, it was there with Avram Avinu, like going to rescue Lot or to heal Avram. And now their koach is up there in Shemayim, you know, as they are standing up there. That's the same koach that they represent. I don't know how that works up there because there are, there are millions of malachim, right? millions and millions. So it says that Harsinai, 22,000 malachim came down, and that's only part of them. So the way that works up there, Hashem calls in some, doesn't call in others. I don't know how that works. But whatever it is going on up there, up in Himmel, 
So there are malachim there where Moshe Rabbeinu was going to be Mikabu Torah. How many, which one? Well, we'll see which one shortly, but it's hard, hard for us to say. Yeah, yeah, please, sir. Um, it, it seemed, and I, I missed the beginning of the Medrash, but so you've got these two Tvachim in, in Moshe Rabbeinu's hands, yeah. two Tvachim in Hashem's hands, and it seems like the two Tvachim in the middle are sort of empty. They're vacant. Like a DMZ. Right. They're vacant, right. right. They're, they're no man's mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. But they're not. They're not no man's That's land. That's right. They are in the process of transmission. Right. They are, they are, they need to have the clea to be macabre mm-hmm. and the clea to draw it mm-hmm. down in each generation. Yes. It's interesting that the Baal Shem Tov said, said that it was tefillah. Yeah. What is tefillah? It's connecting to Hashem. It's, right. it's a connection. Mm-hmm. And right. what did Rav mm-hmm. Tversky say? It's relationships between people. Mm-hmm. It's connection. It's something that's Very good. It's being drawn all the time. And it's, and it's that drawing from Torah and connecting to Hashem in doing so. Yes. Absolutely. Very, very good point. A nice connection, too. Alana, you had this up before? Yeah, just Wait. first a technical question. Yeah. How many inches is the again? A tefah is approximately between, let's say, three and a half and four inches. So six tefachim is, you know, about 21 inches, approximately. Yeah, you picture them much bigger, right? So let's say l'chumra, four inches, they were 24 inches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that's hidden that the Gadol have to bring out for yes. each generation, does that vary from place to place? For example, like because I'm wondering, our city, there's so much tar and stuff, and I, I wish someone would tell the city of Baltimore what we could specifically do. Yeah. So is it by each place? It, it, it is. You know, you, you have, uh, let's say, uh, more global Klal issues in every generation that pertain to all of us, no matter where we live. This is our door. And then you have much more localized you know, issues that are, are, are Kalal issues, but more so on the community level and one specific community. Now, of course, there really is nobody who would venture to say, this is what this community needs to do, because, you know. So we're working on it. You know, yeah, and, and you're right. It's not like we have someone who can say, okay, this is what it is. We don't have a Baal Shem Tov. So we try and put it together based on what we learn, based on what we hear from great people. And we try very hard to put that together and find its relevancy in our time. But yes, it's a big avoda and it's a struggle. Yeah, please, Mira. One generation overlaps another yes. generation very much. Yes. You know, I don't think it's that precise. So let's say we say it's 20 or 25 years per generation. But at the same time, as you said, there's an overlap. There's like a Bein Hashemashos period where it's not day and it's not night and it's both. And you have perhaps issues of an older generation and a newer generation that are happening at the same time. And then the earlier ones start to fade and the newer ones start to come. So it's a work, it's a work in progress. And I think it's difficult to pin down and say, okay, this is it. You know, this is the one. It's usually a couple of things, and we're, and we're trying to decipher what they are. Yeah. Sandy had a hand up before. Can you put that on an individual basis, too? Sure. Individuals, we're also always trying to bring that down, bring the light of Yes. And we all have our own struggles. Yes. 
we not only we could but we must because that really is the the relevancy of Torah is what does it mean in your and mine our own personal life and we have to take that step so that those two tfachim in the middle as we look at it on a yachid basis would be how the Torah applies to me yeah Dory please Mm-hmm. We, I mean, there are ones from the 60s or from 200 years ago, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, are we supposed to try to figure out what well, this is for that generation and we should, how, how do we adjust it to, to ourselves? Maybe we're not on that majority anymore that we produce such as. Like, how do we know how to apply things that were written that really is their eternal messages? But, you know, when it comes to my side, how do we know how to apply okay. It's, it's a really important question. So Lamashal, the Moru Nevuchim, the Rambam wrote, the guide for the perplexed. Right? What was he trying to do? He was trying to help people who were thinking about Aristotle, who had a tremendous influence on that period of time. And he's answering questions and laying out. Now you look at some of the things in the Rambam there, and they are completely relevant to our time. And you look at other things, and you say... No one's thinking about this right now. <laughs> People are not struggling with Aristotle right now. It's like we have much different struggles now. So you can look at that and say, of course the Rambam's words hold for all generations, but he was really speaking to a specific time. You know, and then you have others a little later, and you see that there's what we would call fire and brimstone approach, Musser, and it was very effective for certain people. People read that now, they cringe. Like you can almost not, you almost want to run away. And it became more of a shift toward Ahava, toward trying to draw people through Ahava and Chesed. So I think that we have to pay attention and look at a certain Sefer and say, does this speak to me or not? And if it doesn't, I think there's two things. One is we can always ask a Talmud Chacham, uh, can you help me, show me a way to apply this to myself? I can't relate to it. And maybe, maybe you'll be able to find a lesson that comes out of it. Or the solution is, no, it doesn't really apply to my life. I need to be looking at a different Sefer and a different Derech in Yiddishkeit. And there are many Derechim, and they're all good. So some of that is trial and error. I'm just thinking in my own personal life, in my own journeys in Yiddishkeit, my late teenage years, 18, 19, 20, 21, where I was exposed to Hasidus really through Rabbi Tversky Zatzal, who was a very close friend of our family. But it wasn't until I was a little older that I started to learn with him. And then the relevancy of that message really changed my life. So I found what I was looking for at that time. But there was a search involved you know, to help me get to that point. And I knew, what, I knew that which did not speak to me. If I was in a particular yeshiva or a particular environment, I tried to get what I could out of it, because it's all important, but I knew it didn't really speak to me on a personal level until I found my own Rebbe. Yeah. It's very hard sometimes. It is. You learn something, you think, well, maybe I need to change my mindset. Right. Right. And, and sometimes that's true also. Maybe I need to make a shift and look at the world in a different way so I can grasp this. It's, there, it's all on the table. And any one of those things or a combination of them could be the possible solution. Okay, so I want to get to the second part of the Midrash, which to me 
is also just very shocking almost that Moshe Rabbeinu is in Shemayim. The Malachim want to harm him because he's trying to get to Torah. And Hashem makes him look like Avraham Avinu. And then he says, you can't do that. Well, you can't argue with him. Aren't you embarrassed of him? He fed you. And they seem to back off, right? There's no response to that. Now, you may remember this because we saw this last semester. So if you go on the back side of your handout, page base, and on the left side of the column, on the left column is the parish of the Maharzu, and go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines down into the Maharzu, where it says, Ein Atem Mispaishin, are you not embarrassed of this man who's Avraham Avinu, even though it's really Moshe Rabbeinu? So here's what the Marzu says. Kamosha Dorash Bereshis Rabba Parshamemchas Simeniadalit. As the Midrash says earlier, and we saw this in one of our earlier Shivarim, Vahu Omeid Alehim. And it said that Avraham attended to his guests, who were the Malachim, the Lashon of the Torah, that he was standing over them, giving them food and drink. So what happened there? The Midrash says, Michoel Mirsis, the Gavriel Mirsis. Michoel and Gavriel, who were two of the three Malachim at the time, they trembled and shook when Avraham Avinu brought them their food. And he says, they're up there also in Shemaim. So Elka, going back to your question, those same two, the greatest of the Malachi, Michal and Gavriel, they're up there arguing. But earlier on, when they came to Avram Avinu and he brought them food and drink, they were shaking. So certainly all the other Malachim were shaking in their boots. Right? If Michal and Gavriel are shaking in their boots, then anybody who's below them, which is everybody else up there in Shemayim, they're shaking too. So why were Michoel and Gavriel shaking when Avram Avinu brought them food? Because they were exposed to a mitzvah. Hachnosis orchim. Malachim can't do mitzvahs. They're holy beings. They do exactly what Hashem tells them, but they have no bechira, and they can't do a mitzvah. A mitzvah in- involves having bechira. And to choose to do a mitzvah. And struggle with the Yetzirah to do a mitzvah. They can't do that. So when they came to Avram Avinu and they were exposed to a human being, one of the greatest human beings doing a mitzvah, they started to tremble. They had never experienced that before. Okay, now with that in mind from the Maharzu, if we go back to the, to the Midrash. So Hashem makes Moshe look like Avram Avinu. I'd like to share with you what I think this may mean. So you could think, okay, they have a tie on Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is the lawgiver, right? Mechokek. He gives the laws of the Torah, he transmits the Torah to us, he tells us how to run our lives, how to lead our lives properly. So Hashem is saying to the Malachim, don't think that Avraham Avinu is not inside of Moshe Rabbeinu. There's an Avraham Avinu inside of this Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Don't think that he's just to come up here and take the Torah and give the law to the people. No, no. This is all about mitzvos and all about meisim tovim. So this Moshe Rabbeinu, you know what he has inside of him? Abraham Avinu. He doesn't change him to Avraham Avinu. He exposes the Midah of Abraham Avinu, which is in Moshe Rabbeinu. Because of course he has that. Of course he's the Baal Chesed. Of course he's the Machnis Orchim. When Kalah Yisrael is leaving Mitzrayim, everybody's gaining gold and silver. What's Moshe Rabbeinu do? He's trying to find Atzmos Yosef. Trying to find Yosef's bones to be Mekayim a mitzvah to take his bones out of Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. Chacham Leidikach Mitzvos. Zem Moshe Rabbeinu. So don't think, Malachim, that this is not a Baal Chesed, Midos, Mitzvos, Maisim Tovim, that same Moshe Rabbeinu, he has Avram Avinu inside of him. And remember what happened when you were by Avraham Avinu? You trembled because he did a mitzvah. And why is the Torah being sent down to them? Because they're going to do mitzvahs. You can't. That's why the Malachim back off. No response. They have to back off because they're not beings who do mitzvahs. So as I see it, I think Hashem Yisborach is revealing the Avraham Avinu, which is in Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, going back to Sandy's point, let's, say, let's take that one more step to us. We have the Avos and the Imos inside of us. The Balatanya says that they gave over a chilek of neshama to every Jew. All of our midos come from them. It's part of our own soul. So we have an Avram Avinu, we have a Sora Imenu, we have the seven shepherds, the Shiva Roim, all inside of us. And we have to reveal them. How do we reveal them? Every time we do the Mida of Chesed, that's Avram Avinu coming out of us. Every time there's a Mida of Din, that's Yitzchak Avinu coming out of us. So it's part of who we are. And the Torah itself contains everything. It contains every single one of those Midos, Mitzvos, and the Maisim Tovim that we do. So it seems to me that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was showing to the Malachim, that don't just think it's about the law. The law is important, but it's the whole picture. And remember the mitzvot that you were exposed to, and you have nothing to say about that because you can't do them. Now, just to firm that up a little bit, we may have mentioned this before. There's a Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Peches. It's a little bit similar to this, but it's more elaborate. And it says, it's talking about Kabbalah, Torah there for about two blot of Gomorrah. Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Shemaim, the Malachim say, like we said before, what's this mortal doing amongst us? Uh, don't give him the Torah. The Torah belongs up here. So Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, answer the Malachim. Moshe says, they'll burn me up, they're made of fire. How can I answer them? Hashem says, Echoz bekise hakavod. Grab on to the kise hakavod and answer them. And Moshe does the following. He says to the Malachan, We have a mitzvah of Pesach and recounting Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Were you subjugated to Paro? Were you Paro's slaves? Of course they weren't. He says, We have a mitzvah to honor our parents. Do you have a father and a mother? He says to the Malachan, No. We have a mitzvah to do business honestly, not to make 
false shvuas. Do you do business up here in Shemaim? No. So Moshe Rabbeinu goes through several mitzvahs. Some alachim say, no, we don't do that, we don't do that. And then in the end, they all befriend Moshe Rabbeinu. They become his ohavim. And their maskim, yes, the Torah, of course, should go down to there. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu do when he argued with Malachim? Let's look back at what Hashem told him to do. Grab onto the Kisei HaKavod. The neshamos of Klal Yisroel come from Tachas Kisei HaKavod. That's where our, our neshamos come from. So when Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, grab onto the Kisei HaKavod, what I believe it may mean is he's saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, answer them in a human way. That's where the Yiddish neshamas come from. Don't argue with them in a malachim way. They'll burn you up, like you said. But answer them with humanness, where you come from, from Kisei HaKovod. And that's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu did. Were you in Mitzrayim? Do you do kibbutz aim? Do you do business? He answered them with mitzvos that malachim cannot do, and the malachim then say, "Okay, it's yours. We understand. We can't do that." I think it's very similar to this midrash here. That's the Avraham Avinu inside of Moshe Rabbeinu that's being revealed to the malachim, and therefore they back off. The Torah goes to human beings. And we have to find those mitos and people inside of us. Okay, any comments or questions? Please, Delana, yes. I mean, it seems like it's one or the other. How do they both do that? Shem answered the Malachim or Moshe did. No, Moshe's answering. Hashem says to Moshe, you answer them. Where is it where he tells them, aren't you embarrassed that he Okay, that's here. In this Midrash, Hashem is the one who steps in and says, aren't you embarrassed because he's Avraham Avinu. That's correct. That's a very good question, and in my opinion, it has to be both. That both of these things happened up there in Shemayim. And we're being told something that occurred up there in Shemayim, Baruch HaKamim, and both events occurred. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, please, Mira. Um, Right. Driving. Right. So I I don't I don't believe that they were emotions driving the malachim, uh -huh. that they were making a very clear intellectual point. Okay. The Torah is so glorious. How can it be brought down to Basar Vedam, a physical material world? It just doesn't make sense to them that that holiness can be brought down here. It's an intellectual, as I see it, mm -hmm. compulsion. They just don't see it yeah. until Moshe Rabbeinu talks about mitzvot. Then, then they understand why the Torah has to be brought down to us. Yeah, yeah please, Alka.
Right. They don't even see the level that as applies to us, right. whereas we have so much trouble seeing the right. higher levels. Right, and even our own level. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, they they're learning Torah, you know, what we would call Sodos Hai Torah. The Malachim, the Torah applies up there as well. They're learning much deeper facets of Torah. Yeah, Marlene. But what would be the purpose of the Torah at that level so that they could see the point? Right. So it governs that realm. The Torah governs every realm. All the spiritual alumnus that exist, the Torah governs everything, every single one. But it seems that it's hard for a being which is up there to understand how it works down here. They understand it up there, you know, in their ethereal state. They understand that. But to try, try and translate it down there where there's Ra, and there are horrible things happening, and there's wickedness in the world, and how's that going to work here? They, they can't relate to Bechira, Mitzvah, Smaiz, and Tovim. Would there be any point to up there without down here? No. No. In, in the big picture, no. They, they have to have down here as well. And that really is what Moshe Rabbeinu tells them. The Torah has to be expressed through Mitzvah, and Maizim Tovim of human beings, of Basar Vadam. That, ha that has to be how it occurs. Now, why they didn't get that before, I think that's a little hard to understand, but I think it's like outside of their frame of reference. And it has to be exposed to them through Moshe Rabbeinu. But yes, it is definitely what happens down here which ultimately affects that which is up, which yes, is up there. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll take one more. Sorry, yeah, please. Sorry, it seems like the, the, the converse is exactly true. It's hard for us to understand what's, what's going, going on up there. there. Right. And the same way that we look at people who are higher than us, and we can't imagine how somebody could be so holy and so pure and such tzidkus, or nobody in this room, obviously, but some people with you know with not such an eye and might look at people who are lowly and say, oh, look what they're doing, so horrible and so yeah. degraded. So you, you just, you're so limited by your own frame of reference. Yeah. Even Malachim are limited by their frame of reference. Yeah, so it seems to be. That as great as they are, there's certain limitations as well that comes along with the, the context of their being and who they are. everybody. Have a great week and a good Shabbos. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So did you want to copy this? Yes, yes. So if I if I go Sir, we'll downstairs, give it up. Mrs. Uh,